If you would all rise with, with me for the reading of the word. Now, if I just start crying, don't mind me, I'm not struggling. I just sense the manifest presence of God more than normal. And I actually cry when I sense his presence. And I feel like just dropping the mic and just go on my knees and cry. So if I do that, it's just the presence of God. Just enter into his presence. Amen? Yes. Amen. I want you to open your Bibles to James chapter 4. We're going to look at two places. James chapter 4 verses 7 through 8. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. So starting James chapter 4, why don't we all read it together? Ready? Go. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Mm. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. 12. Ready? Go. For our struggle is not against the flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Let us pray. Spirit of God, we thank you that you are awakening us to the spiritual reality that whether we know it or not, whether we feel it or not, whether we are aware, it, aware of it or not, that we are in the midst of a spiritual battle. And you want to open our eyes to what is really going on. You want to open our eyes to see the weapons you have put in our hands. And you want to show us the truth that we are victorious, that we are powerful. In you. So, Father, speak, empower. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. You know, I felt so strong in my spirit this week that I needed to preach and kind of teach. So, today it's not going to be just preaching, but it's going to be preaching slash teaching, is that okay? That I felt the need, strong need to talk about spiritual warfare. And as I was praying throughout this week, I feel like God was saying, Sonny, Sonny, I feel, I feel like God was saying, my people are doing the opposite. The word of God says, submit to God and resist the devil. But our people of God, because of the spirit of this age, have been Submitting to the spirit of this age and resisting God. And God wants to turn that around so that as you and I start to submit to God and to resist the devil. What you've been feeling lately, what you've been thinking, you know the truth, but you can't help. When these thoughts are being bombarded in your mind. You know the truth, but you can't help but feel rejected, abandoned, discouraged, disillusioned. Hmm? These feelings that you've been feeling, it's not because you're weak. It's a result of a spiritual battle. Even certain situations in your life, not all of you, but some of you, it's not because the favor of God has lifted. It's not because you've done something wrong. It's a result of a spiritual battle. And God was awakening us to the reality of this spiritual warfare so that we submit to the right one and we resist the right one. The Bible says, you may ask, are you sure we're always in the battle? I mean, who says we're in the battle? The Bible says, right, Ephesians 6, 12, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Even though you've been feeling resistance and opposition from your husband, wife, roommate, coworker, 
parents. You're not fighting against the flesh and blood. It's not them. But against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of the dark, and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. What does the Bible say? Fight. Everybody say fight. Fight. You only fight in a battle. Fight. Is it too loud? Good. Fight the good fight of faith. What does the Bible say? That you and I are soldiers. Soldiers can't be laying around, guys. You can't be laying around, huh? Being depressed and discouraged. You know, today, uh, yesterday, my pastor got ordained as a bishop. And so his pastor flew in from Atlanta. He came over Friday night. And he's like, you know, talking to Benjamin and I, right? And he's like, you know, there are two things that no matter how hard you pray, he's not going to answer. Number one, when he called, what he called you to do, he's not going to answer. He's not going to do it for you. If he called you to fight, he's not going to fight just by himself. Your fight of faith. Certain battles, he says, it's not yours. I will fight, God says. But certain battles, he said, fight the good fight of faith. And that, that he's going to just, he's not going to just erase it out of your life because he called you to do. Number two, another thing that he will never answer is what he has already called it done. It is finished. Your wholeness, just like Jeremy said during our Sunday shift, your wholeness, it's already done. It's in Christ. Jesus. There are certain things that God declared it is done. So those he's not going to answer. Now, think about it. This day and age, we are in the middle of spiritual battle. And we may be asking God for the wrong things. Stay with me here, okay? There are spiritual forces of evil that are coming against you and I. Okay, against the church, against the people of God. They really do exist, and they come after you. Especially because as a house, we've been pursuing the heart of God. We've been pursuing the salvation of the lost souls. The enemy will not fight you in your weakness. If you're discouraged, depressed, drinking, doing drugs... Or just laying out 24-7, watching Netflix. He's not going to fight you. He doesn't need to. But he only fights those that he feels threatened. He only fights those that are about to enter into the gate. That are about to go into their breakthrough. Hmm? However, you cannot fight on your own strength. You got to find the right source of power and authority for this spiritual battle. Hmm? Zechariah, I think we have it up there, chapter 4, verse 6, okay? So he answered and said to me, this is the word of the Lord of Zerubbabel. Not by might, everybody said, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Without his spirit, you cannot fight a spiritual battle. If you are swimming in the pool of worldliness, yeah, us Christians can be swimming, having a good time in the pool of worldliness. There, you cannot fight your spiritual battle, okay? Satan has two goals. A chief goal of Satan, I think I also have that, to breathe, to prevent God from being glorified. Okay, that's his number one goal. He does not want God to be glorified. And the way, number first way he's going to do it is to blind the eyes of the people. Second hmm? Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4 says, A God of this age has blinded, everybody say blinded, blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that display the, what? Glory of Christ. Who is the image of Christ? It's okay, Siri. I don't need you to understand. <laughs> the chief goal, the primary goal of the enemy is to keep 
people of God from seeing Jesus, from seeing the truth, from surrendering to God. Hmm? Primary goal. Because if he could keep you lost and you die and you go to hell, he keeps that glory from God eternally. That's his number one chief goal. And if that's his number one chief goal, and as a house, Emeryville and San Francisco, we've been crying out for salvation. We've been asking God to remove the blinders. We've been pursuing our friends and family members. We've been, right? Benjamin's been talking to shoe shiners, the Uber drivers, right? We, we've been going after the lost soul. Of course, the enemy is angry. Of course, the enemy is not going to sit around and watch us. Hmm? Pursue the glory of God through salvation of his lost sons and daughters. Secondary goal of the enemy is to keep people miserable. Say miserable. You know why? Because this gives him temporary victory. When you are, uh, when you are miserable, even though it, at the end of your life you're going to be in heaven, even though you are already saved, here on earth, if you could be miserable, he could huh, have a temporary victory. For the season of your miserableness, if that's a word, right, the enemy prevents God from receiving glory. You know how God receives the glory in and through your life? When you walk in victory. He came to give you life abundant. When you walk in joy, when you are rejoicing, God receives the glory through your life. Hmm? The enemy, you know how his, he tries to keep you miserable? By two things. Okay? I told you, I'm going to be teaching more. He's going to, number one, slander God. How? He's going to whisper in your ears. If God really loves you, why would he let that happen? He's, that's a slander against God. If God is really good, why did he let that happen? To you, to your friend, to your situation, he slanders God. And when the slandering of the enemy comes against your mind, we don't think. It's spiritual warfare. We just submit to it. Yeah, God, I feel so forsaken. You know what you just did? You just joined the enemy in slandering against God. Hmm? Second way, accusation. The Bible says, right, the, Satan is called the accuser of the brethren. Romans chapter 12, verse 10. Look at it later. Hmm? He's an accuser. So when you hear the accusation of the enemy, you're, gonna, you're a failure. You're not good enough. You are not loved. You are not accepted. When that accusation against you or against brothers and sisters, against the leaders, against your family, the and you submit to that accusation, you have temporarily joined the enemy with accusation. Hmm? I remember first year of my marriage, you heard it. It was H-E-L-L, -E right? We needed therapy. We needed pastoral counseling. We needed a lot of things during that time. So during our first year, you know, even though the Bible says do not, right, go to bed angry, right? I went to bed angry many days. <laughs> I just felt like it's just not right. to. I felt like if I just let it go, I'm like, you know, like, putting problems under the bed. It's like, no, we're not going to stop fighting until we fix it, until we figure this out. And so our fights would go days, not realizing I'm disobeying God, right? And I remember I was so angry. I was so hurt. I was like, what kind of mm, are you, right? And I remember, like, I went into my room. I closed the door, and I was so angry. I was like, mm, you're not getting anything from me tonight. You, you. I, was, I was just vindictive, right? And then all in that moment, I saw a vision. I saw a vision of the enemy just laughing, just laughing at me, just laughing at Benjamin. And the vision was this. I saw the enemy throw something, right, 
at me and I look and all I see is Benjamin. So I am what? I am blaming Benjamin for what the enemy has caused. And in that moment, like half of me is like, oh, it's the enemy, not my husband. But then half of my, but my his husband did certain things. So how do, I, how do I fight the spiritual battle against the enemy when I feel this against my husband? But in that moment, I felt like, Sonny, who are you going to obey? Are you going to obey me? Or are you going to obey Satan? Are you going to submit to me? Or are you going to submit to the enemy? Are you going to resist me? Or are you going to resist the enemy? So... Even though my emotions did not feel like it, did not want it, I opened the door. I went to Benjamin. I just went like this. I just held his hand. And then when I reached out, my poor husband just just grabbed my hand really hard. And we just sat together. And we just prayed, crying, oh, Jesus. You know what Dr. Kirby said, or my pastor's pastor? He said, the strength of marriage is not love. Who's married over here? Raise your hand. Strength of marriage is not love. The strength of your marriage is forgiveness. Ooh, that's good. That's another sermon. That's another sermon. I realize every time I fight my husband, I am giving victory to the enemy. Now, fighting isn't always bad. We teach our people to fight well. You can still fight without giving victory to the enemy. We just have to learn to do it, right? Now, we're in the spiritual battle. What is our plan of action? What are we supposed to do? James chapter 4, verses 7 through 8 shows us exactly. It says, submit yourselves to God. Everybody say, submit. Submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Here in this passage, you're going to see five, everybody say five. Five active verbs. Active verb means you have to do it. You cannot just pray God and make him do it. No, he's not going to answer those prayers. These active verbs, you have to do it. No one can do it for you. Five active verbs, and there's two passive verbs. When you do five active verbs, these two passive verbs happens to you. Okay? So let's look at that. Okay? So first, we're going to look at number one active verb is to submit to God. Listen to me. When you hear the truth, when you know the truth, but your feeling is not aligned to that truth, that's when you must submit to God. You know why? Because if you agree, submission is not necessary. It's agreement. You hear me? When, when, when the Bible says A and you're feeling B, in that moment God is giving you an opportunity to submit. When you want to be mad at your husband, but the Bible says, right, forgive him, and you don't want to, you, that's the, an opportunity for you to submit. You know why? Because there's power in your submission. Say submission. Hmm? When it is hard, when your spirit is resisting what is good. Ah, I don't feel like going to church. I've heard a couple of you say that this morning, but I came. I said, good job. You resisted the right one. You resisted the devil, and you came to the house of God. Well done. Hmm? When you're struggling, that's when you need to submit. You, you know, in reality, you and I, we are always submitting. The question is, who are you submitting to? To. Whose voice are you listening to? I'm going to drop revelations from Dr. Kirby because he came over Friday night and he just dropped revelation till like midnight or something. He said this, 
There's a spiritual equity. Did you know you and I could build spiritual equity? You know, if you buy the house at the right time, you have equity, right? The house is worth 500000 let's say. Well, not in the Bay Area. Let's say 900000 <laughs> But then, you know, you, you, you only pay 600000 That means what? That 300000 is your equity. He's saying, you know, Sonny, Benjamin, you could build your spiritual equity. I was like, how? How do we build it? He said, through submission and obedience. When the storm comes out of nowhere, you can withdraw from your spiritual equity. Okay? We're going to talk about that a little more. The active number two, active verb number two, you submit to God and then you draw near to God. Relationally, what do you have to do when you draw near to some to someone? You have to spend time together. You can't be never spending any time, never calling and say, "Oh, I want to I want to be closer to you." No. You got to call them, you got to hang out with them, you got to invite them over, right? You you got to you got to physically come near them. God says, Draw near. Come near to God. God seems so far away. And just one little step that you could do to come near to God. And he rushes over right there, right there in front of you. Active verb number three, cleanse your hands. Look at your neighbor and say, you sinner. Just kidding. (laughs) When... Husbands, do not look at your wife and say that. <laughs> Wives, you can say that to your husbands. <laughs> They're stronger. They can, they can handle it. <laughs> it says, cleanse your hands. You know, this is so, to me, this is encouraging. Because when you find yourself in the middle of sin, you know what? God is saying, wash your hands. I told Alethea, wash your hand. When she gets home, wash your hand. She plays, wash your hand. She's not going to be like, I already washed it this morning. Why do I have to wash it again? If it gets dirty, you got to wash your hands so the germs do not go inside of you. You know what I hear a lot of Christians say? I'm sick and tired of myself falling into sin over and over again. So I'm going to stop going to church. What? So you're not going to stop washing your hands. It's like saying, I'm going to stop showering because my hand gets dirty all the time. What? Does that even make sense? Physically, but spiritually, we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You are resisting the wrong person. You are resisting the wrong thing. All you have to do is even if... I treated my husband poorly. Even if I did something or did not do something God asked me to do, when I find myself there, all I have to do is go to the spiritual bathroom and wash my hand. Alethea's like, how? Just like you turn on the water, wash your hand, just say, sorry, God. Just say, sorry, Mommy. Sorry, Daddy. That's all. And just because you... if. Alethea, stop saying sorry because you must be tired of me hearing me say sorry. No, if you stop saying sorry, I'll be more concerned for my daughter. Cleanse your hands when you find yourself in the middle of sin. And the active number four, purify your hearts, you double-minded. Always check your motives. When you find yourself inwardly desiring what is not good or over-desiring what is good. Turkey is good, but you should not eat it every day, five pounds a day, right? Even if it's good, if you over, right, you got to really ask the Lord, God, is my heart pure? Purify my heart. Oh, God, I think I said that because I was jealous, God, purify my heart. Oh, God, I think I did that because I was hurt. God, recognize it and ask the Holy Spirit to purify you. Just like gold gets purified in the fire, you have to ask the Holy Spirit. You cannot be purified enough. 
You hear me? Even as your pastor, I have to check my motive. I have to ask the Lord continually, God, purify my heart. Holy Spirit, give me your fire and, and, and burn away what does not look like you, what is not pleasing in your sight. The result of these four active verb is holiness. Everybody say holiness. Okay? Is there, I think there's a graph. Okay? Opposite of holiness is worldliness. James 4.4 4 says, adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever, therefore, wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. If you are worldly, you cannot fight the spiritual battle successfully. Look, let's look at the graph. What God wants, in order for you to fight the spiritual battle well, your focus has to be upward relationship, not outward against the enemy. God wants you to pursue intimacy with God. The more higher you go in your intimacy with God is where you will have your authority against the enemy. You don't study the enemy and end up being intimate with God. You focus on intimacy with God, submitting to God, drawing near to God, cleansing your hands and purifying your hearts. And as you go deeper and higher in your intimacy with God, that's where you have authority over the enemy. God is saying, I need you to wake up, soldiers. You have to fight the battle. And the way you're going to prepare yourself to fight the battle is by pursuing intimacy with God. There's one passive verb here. If you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. He comes near you. All, you know, Rebecca was telling me earlier, it was so hard, all these spiritual attacks. And the only way, she said, I survived was staying close to God. And what Jeremy said this morning, also during our Sunday shift, is when you feel far away from God, the only way that is reality is if you have turned away and walked away. And all it takes for you to be near to God is turn towards God. Just one little step to draw near to God, he will draw near to you. He will come. He will rush to you when you draw near to God. Passive verb. This is what he does when you turn towards him. Amen? Now, let's look at outward movement. Outward movement only has one active verb. Upward movement, there are four active verbs. There are four things that you have to do. But outward movement, right, your engagement against the enemy has one active verb and one passive verb. It says, resist the devil, then he will flee from you. So how do you resist the devil, you may ask? I gave Aletheia a spiritual warfare lesson last night before she went to sleep. She kind of got afraid a little bit, so I had to, like, you know, her, you know, go through this section really fast. All you have to say is, everybody repeat after me. No. no. That's it. <laughs> you resist the devil by saying no. Oh, you know what? You're depressed. You have no hope. You, you are going to, you're hopeless. You're going to be here forever. No. That's it, Nicole. No. Let's practice this. Ready? No. Come on. Again. Ready? Go. No. You know, I was telling our prayer people, lately, Alethea went back to that age too. She's 10. Back to that stage. Everything is no. Alethea, go get ready for bed. No. Alethea, go do your homework. No. And I'm thinking, how dare you? I was like, what? You're only 10. If I said that to my mother when I was 10, she didn't use a stick. She just used whatever. <laughs> I said, Alethea, you're a child. You can't say no to your mommy and daddy. And I read her this passage last night. No belongs to the enemy, not God, not your mother, not your father, not your husband, not your wife, not your roommate. No belongs to what? The devil. The devil. You close the door. 
How do you resist? When enemy knocks, you close the door. And if you accidentally opened it by entertaining, yeah, nobody cares for me. When entertain it, you know, all you have to do is close the door. A couple of years ago, I don't know if you saw this. I think I showed it here or maybe in Emeryville side. An Asian young person, like in 20s, in the middle of the night, drunk, went into this black family's house. And this mother and father with young children, children came out to the living room. And this drunk Asian girl was laying out in their, in their couch. And so they're like, who are you? What are you doing here? Get out. And this girl that was drunk is like, no. And they're like, if you don't leave, we're going to call the cops. No. And, and, like, they filmed this whole thing. We have little kids. You're not welcome here. We don't know you. Get out. And they're like, no. And they had to call the police. The enemy is like that. They're not welcome. But you're like, but we, we actually befriend. Oh, you don't want to leave? Okay. You just allow the enemy to hang out in our living your living room? Huh? We're in the spiritual battle. You can't befriend your enemy. You have to say what? You got to close the door. Hmm? You cannot flirt with the enemy. You cannot join him in slandering God. You cannot join him in accusing yourself and others. When you say no... Unlike that Asian girl, when you say no, he doesn't just back off. He flees. He flees. He flees. Hmm? You cannot submit to the devil and resist God. Like I said earlier, the spirit of this age is deceiving the people of God to resist the word of God. The resist to resist the things of God. And to submit to the spirit of this age. How? By calling good what God calls bad. And by calling bad what God calls good. You know how you could tell that you've been deceived or you've been influenced by the spirit of this age? Is what the Bible says, you just don't feel like, oh, I just don't feel like that. It just, oh, it just doesn't feel right. It's the enemy. You cannot sub. You cannot submit because of your feelings. Hmm? Your submission gives authority and power to the one you submit to. And submission, according to the Bible, is to your benefit. Hmm? I want to ask you, who's drawing near to you? Think about it. Who's been calling you? Who have you been hanging out with? That's who you are intimate with. Just like that. Hmm? Whoever you are submitting to spiritually is drawing near to you. Listen, listen. Rejection, abandonment, disillusionment, apathy, disappointment, resistance. These are all signs of demonic influence. It's demonic suggestion. Hmm? I remember uh, one of our pastors, I think it was Pastor Vern. It was a few years ago, right, back in Emeryville. It's Easter Sunday, right? Anthony wills him in. Remember that, Anthony? He wills him in. He couldn't see. He couldn't walk. In the middle of the worship, God comes down, opens his eyes, and he's dancing. And he sits back down. And when God opened, during that time for that day, his eyes are spiritually open too. And when he saw people physically, he saw them spiritually. And in that moment, he was like overwhelmed with what he was seeing. And he said, out of nowhere, and this is what he called him, a little entity, a little demonic being, ran to the front, held his hand, and said, leave and never come back. You know what it's called? Demonic suggestion. And in that moment, he said for a few seconds, I need to get out of here, and I should never come back. I'm, what I'm seeing is too much. I don't want to see all this. But at the same time, God just healed him. You know what I mean? And he just looked at the enemy. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't fast. He, he didn't, you know, pray. He didn't wrestle. You know what he did? <laughs> it's so gangster. He just looked at him 
and said, stupid. <laughs> and it's his way of saying no. And he said that little entity turned around and ran out of the house. You know what I found out after that service, after he told me, another leader drove to church, parked in the parking lot, and the demonic suggestion says, don't go in, don't go in. She just sat there, cried, and drove back and never came in. You know, Chin Wei, our worship pastor, she was in, and as soon as she entered in, she didn't see little entity, but she heard this voice, and she thought it was her. said, everybody's looking at you, everybody's judging you. You're not good enough. Get out, get out. But she made herself stay. But she said, as soon as service is over, I'm going to duck myself and get out. And she said, she's my best friend. So she's like, I just have to avoid Sunny. Because if she sees me, she'll see it through and she'll make me stay. And so when, you know, all these powerful things going on, but she's sitting in the corner just crying, just, just agreeing with the accusation of the enemy. And she couldn't, emotionally, she just wanted to get out. I, need to, I just need to get out, right? It was that little entity visiting all these people, just, you know, slandering God and accusing sons and daughters of God. And she said, as soon as service was over, she looked up, she saw me on the left, so she turned to the right. And when she looked up, I was right there in front of her. Where are you going? <laughs> and we sat down, and she shared, and we prayed. Little entity is running around, has been running around to make you step away from your place, your kingdom place, to make you believe that you're not strong enough, to make you believe that you are not loved or accepted. You know what God is saying? Sons and daughters of God, wake up. Look at your neighbor and say, wake up. We must submit to the truth. The Bible says you shall know what? The truth, and the truth shall what? Set us free. I want to ask you, have you been resisting God? Hmm? Have you been submitting to the enemy? If so, in what areas? Ask the Holy Spirit to show it to you. The word of God, the Bible must be your guide. Not your feelings. Say, not your feelings. And this is, this is real. Not what is relevant in this day and age, okay? Not what the world says, but what does the Bible say? You and I are in the midst of warfare. The question is, whose side are you on? Hmm? Sometimes, don't you feel like you realize that you're in the spiritual battle and you realize what you're thinking is not of God and you realize what you're feeling is not of God, but you just can't find any strength? Anybody been there? I've been there. You know what to do during that? You got to find opportunity to obey God. Everybody say opportunity. You have to build your spiritual equity. I remember like, you know, first few years of living hope, right? Benjamin came home one day, very discouraged, very like almost clinically depressed. Every Monday he wanted to quit. Every Monday, he wanted to, you know what I mean? It was like cycle. So Monday, he comes in. He says, Sonny, let's go. He grabbed my hand. I'm like, where are we going? Just come. You know where he took me? We went to Children's Hospital in Oakland. I was like, what are we doing here? He's like, I was feeling discouraged. I was feeling depressed. I wanted to quit ministry. But in that moment, I heard God say, find opportunity to obey me. That's where you will find strength. And so you know what we did? We just went into the emergency and we just said, hi, we're pastors of a local church here. Do you need, do you need any prayer? Can we pray for you? And you'll be surprised. Nine out of ten people say, yes, pray. And somehow with that, we got into ICU for babies. And we got to pray for the families of ICU for, for babies there. And then when we were driving home, we were, I, I wasn't even depressed, but I was like, yeah, right? <laughs> and that day, even though it was our day off, 
A church member called with emergency. Usually we're like, oh, but Benjamin answered, right? And she, he had to go to the hospital because her father fell, has a broken hip. So he's like, okay, I'll be right there. On his way, another member who's really, really depressed called him. And, and, and he's like, oh, do I want to answer this? He answers the call. He encourages her. He said, he, he, those were opportunity to obey. He just obeyed, even though he didn't feel like it. Even though he felt like he had no anointing. Even though he felt like he was a failure. He just submitted and he just looked for opportunity to obey God. And, and when he woke up depressed, wanting to quit. When he went to the hospital, he said he felt energy, the spiritual anointing going down from his leg all the way up. You know, when he went into the, uh, the, the, the hospital room, this man was very old, right? He couldn't walk. As he prayed, he got up and walked. And that Sunday, the daughter brought the father with two x-rays. One x-ray showed fracture. The, uh, the other x-ray showed fully healed. And he walked in and worshiped God. Opportunity. Even if it's something small, guys. You may not have enough strength to go to the hospital and pray for strangers. But even though you feel like vanity and you feel like it has no strength, open the Bible and just read it out loud. Just open James 4, 7 and just read it. Do something that you can do. Kneel down. And even if you have no words to pray, just say, God, help me. Find anything, something little to obey. Call somebody. Don't ask them for prayer. Call somebody and say, can I pray for you? Oh, oh okay. Just You understand? Opportunity to obey. Speak kind. Number one, opportunity for obedience for me. I didn't have to go anywhere. Because a lot of times, Benjamin, my loving, powerful, godly man, husband, right, always knows how to push my button. And when he pushes that button, unkind words come out very unkind way. But in those moments, I see it as opportunity to obey. Even though I feel like in my flesh I have the right to snap back, I'm going to use that as an opportunity to speak kindly to him. You know what I'm doing? Building my spiritual equity. A lot of young people, right, 20s, especially 20s, teens, 20s, maybe early 30s, you got to learn to speak kindly to your parents. Because, you know, they're going through menopause and they're crazy. And because they're crazy, you feel like you have the right to be crazy back. But you see that as an opportunity to love those that are unlovable. That's your opportunity to obey. I'm just going to, I was going to go through spiritual weapons of warfare. If you want to learn, sign up for Scalobro Mission. Starts January. Okay. We, we teach you like three levels, spiritual warfare, one, two, three, right? So I want you to come, take that. I'm going to, Brody, pass all that. If I could have worship team to come. You know what I feel like is missing in this generation? You millennials, I love you to death. But you know what's missing in your generation? Is the fear of God. The fear, lack of fear of God keeps you submitting to the wrong one. The lack of fear of God keeps you fighting the wrong battle. The lack of fear of God in your generation makes you resist God and submit to the enemy. You know what we need? We need a restoration of the fear of God. We have focused on the grace of God and ignored the fear of God. God is God. He's a righteous king. Hmm? I don't want you to be afraid like Alethea last night. Because if God is for you, who can be against you? But you have to understand, only God, say only God. Only God must be feared. Not the enemy, 
just because you talk about, you hear me talk about the devil, you don't have to be afraid. Last night, I couldn't fall asleep. 4 a.m., the demonic opposition came against me. Every time I closed my eyes, demonic face, demonic eyes was right in front of me. But in that moment, was I afraid? No. No. Because God, not the devil, God, who's stronger than any entity, God is on my side. God is in me. God is with me. And when we fear the enemy or when we fear man, we are submitting to the wrong things. You must wake up and fear God. In fearing God, what does the Bible say? We find wisdom and knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of what? Of wisdom. In Psalm, somewhere, it says the fear of God is man's treasure. A treasure. The fear of God keeps you. Hmm? Keeps you from submitting to the enemy. If you have fear of God, you can't say no to God. The fear of God is too strong. But it's so easy. Just like my daughter. She knows my grace so much. She has no problem saying no to me. And so Benjamin and I had a serious talk. We have to say no to Alethea. We have to learn to say no so that she can't say no to us. Even though I want to say yes to everything she asked, I realize in all my yeses, she loses the fear of parents. She thinks I'm her friend. I said, no, Alethea, I'm not your friend. I could play with you, but I'm your mom. Just like that, this generation, we've been flirting with the grace of God, the love of God so much that, no, we say no to God a lot, and we feel fine. Why? Because you have lost the fear of God. The fear of God will help you remain in the spirit. The fear of God will help you walk in obedience and build your spiritual equity. The fear of God will help you finish well what you have started in and through God. The feel, fear of God will help you do what is right. Will you stand with me? And I want you to ask, God, restore the fear of God in our generation. God, restore the fear of God in my heart. Because the fear of God will empower you to submit to the right one. To submit to God rather than the demons. Come on. Today, God is saying, I want to restore the fear of God in this generation. How? By restoring it in you. And as you walk in the fear of God, your generation will be restored in the fear of God. So, Father, I pray right now, as we open our hearts, as we acknowledge, God, we've been too comfortable around your grace. You've been so good to me, God. You've forgiven me even before I repented. You've been so good to me, God, that I feel fine saying no to you. And then I feel bad when I say no to what this world is saying. But, Lord, we open our lives, we open our community, and we ask, God, that you will restore the fear of God so that we may be awakened in this day and age to fight the spiritual battle by submitting to you. So today, I want to ask you, maybe you need to submit to God. Before you receive the fear of God, you got to receive the love of your Father. You need to submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. How? By receiving Jesus into your heart. Some of you, you need to draw near to God. Make a little more effort than you have been lately. Even if it's just one small step, 
If you would turn towards God and draw near to him, God will come draw near to you. And right now in his presence, I want you to ask God, God, what can I do this week to draw near to you? Come on, ask him. Ask him. Because to every one of you, it's going to be different. Some of you, he may say fast. Some of you, he may say, just spend time with me five minutes a day. I don't know what it is. Some of you, he may say, give up Netflix. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe some of you, he may say, call somebody and pray with that person every day for next hour. I don't know. Ask him right now. God, what can I do practically? What are the small steps that I could take to draw near to you? Come on, ask him. And then resist the devil. Negative thoughts, no. Negative feelings, no. How do you find strength to say no? Find opportunity to obey him in small steps. I want to give just 30 more seconds for the Holy Spirit to speak to you personally. Maybe some of you, you found yourself in the pit sinning physically or emotionally or relationally. God does not condemn you. All he asks is to come to him and wash your hands, cleanse your hands. Just say sorry. That's all it takes. That's it. And maybe you need the Holy Spirit to come purify your hearts. Wherever you are at, God is saying, look upwards. Come draw near to me. Come draw near to me. Then you will be empowered to resist the devil. So Holy Spirit, today, help us, God, to submit to you. Empower us, God, to resist the devil. To draw near to you, God. And to cleanse our hands and to purify our hearts.